on this edition of The Evangelist Podcast, part three of my discussion with Paul Blackham. The Evangelist Podcast from Revival. Find out what's new in telling people the good news about God, the world, and you with Andy Brinkley and Glenn Scrivener. Welcome back to The Evangelist Podcast. And uh, if you've been listening for the last couple of weeks, you know that we're... uh, Working our way through an interview that uh, wading our way, <laughs> wading through our way through the treacle uh, interview <laughs> the with you, Glenn, slurry. and um, Paul Blackham, the Reverend Doctor Paul Blackham. That's right. Oh, I, we had a lot of fun in uh, in taping taping the interview, and uh, yes, everyone else was wilting in the heat, and Paul yeah. and I were just sort of shooting our mouths off. We, we could have gone on for much, much longer. But um, I think I left during the the last. Yeah, no, 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 you know, it's yeah. just because just my train was going, that's all. That's it. Too hot to handle. Uh, that's it. Yeah, there we go. Anyway, before we go on, uh, let me tell you about the free prayer bulletin that we offer. It's a small 24-page booklet that tells 31 stories of what God is doing around the world. You can hear more about it by going to revivalmedia.org slash bulletin. You can get it free in the post or you can get it via email. So, Glenn, this is the final section of your interview. What does it cover, basically? So we're in the one section of 321, so we're talking about union with Jesus and how that should shape our evangelism and how that then shapes our discipleship and and life in the church and those sorts of things and and how having union with Christ in your evangelism really helps you to, to integrate people who trust in Jesus into the life of the church and the life of discipleship, that it makes much more organic sense mm. if you've been talking about offering Jesus to people. This Christian life then makes sense. It's not an add-on to the gospel, but just enjoying your life of, of union with Christ. And then we start talking about um, why you do 321 the way that we do it and, and why... What are the benefits of inviting people into the story and telling them the story first and then dealing with their objections? Why do we do it that way around? Is there a place for apologetics? If so, what is the place for apologetics? How do we go about our evangelism if uh, 321 is our model? All those sorts of things. Okay, well, uh, let's take a listen then. So, number one then, I am united to Adam. Mm. That's my who I am yeah. and all about me and where I, my destiny, I'm going to die. Yeah. Uh, all that, all that comes out of that. But yeah. will I be yeah. united to Jesus? Yeah. Let me yeah. ask right away. What does that mean? United yeah. to Jesus. I mean, yeah. Jesus isn't around. Where is he? I can't see him. What does it mean to be united to anybody? Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Well, I, I might use the champion illustration yes. of, the, of the footballer. Right. You are you are one with, with your that, champion. Yeah. His victory is your victory, yeah. though you have not expended a calorie of yeah. effort in the in yeah. the victory. Um, or you know, we we kind of understand when we go to the airport. You know, if if I want if I want to fly back home, if I want to fly back to Australia, you know, yeah. and I see the the airplane at, at Heathrow, what relationship do I need to have in order to get back to Australia? You know, would it help if I followed the plane? <laughs> would it help if I put myself under the supreme authority of the plane? Would it help if I was inspired by the example <laughs> of the plane? Studied you know? it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You um, no, I, what I need to do is I need to be in the plane. And then whatever happens to the plane happens to me. Right. Now, that doesn't exactly explain what, how you get to be in, in Christ, but it, it does give us the, the idea of what being in Christ is. And, yeah. I, and I think one of the analogies I, I bring out very, very quickly in evangelism is, is marriage. Yes, right. Um, 
right from almost the first page of the Bible. We talk, we hear about Adam and Eve were united and they became one yeah. flesh. And uh, of course, uh, Paul in Ephesians chapter five says, "Yeah, I'm saying that's Christ and the church." Yeah. So we are one with Jesus, the way that a bride is one with her husband. And at that stage, I think marriage is such a fruitful illustration. It's yeah. got endless applications.、Uh, but I, I often say, you know, when, when my wife and I got married, you know, and, and in fact, you preached at our wedding. Didn't yeah, you? you were you were there, and、um, there, there was a point. Where the、uh, the celebrant、um, was Rico Tice, wasn't it?、Yeah. And and he said,、um, uh, "Will you say these vows?" And we said, "You know, all that I am, I give to you, and all that I have, I share with you." And at that point, there were literally sniggers in the congregation because、uh, people realised we'd just come out of university and、yeah. had absolutely nothing to share with one another whatsoever. But I think in this marriage, the marriage between Christ and us, we are full of debts,、yeah. and He is full of riches. But what is it? What is the offer of Christ? The offer is Christ is He says, "All that I am, I give to you, and all that I have, I share with you. All my righteousness, all my peace, all my blessing, all my place in the family,、yeah. my inheritance, the whole creation—it's all yours, all yours." And we, if we are one and wooed by the love of Jesus, then of course we say, "Poof." All I am, I I give、Thank、to you. you. All that I have, I share with you. And and what's that? All our、yeah. sin, all our shame. You know, and that shame thing again.、Yeah. You know, in in marriage, it's so precious, isn't it?、Yeah. When the bride takes the groom's name,、yeah. you know, and 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 that the name of the groom covers over the bride's old name.、Yeah. You used to be known as so and so, and yet now in the Lord Jesus, we have a new name, we have、yeah. a new identity, new status, and we are one with Christ forever. I think that's so powerful because when you mentioned about the footballer illustration,、mm-hmm. or sometimes like that, where you'll have. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes、um, I was hearing recently, and someone was saying that the child was—I don't know which footballer it was. I mean, you know, maybe it was Wayne Rooney or something. And they were like, <laughs> "They're absolutely full of Wayne Rooney." Right. And it's like they're、yeah. full of him. What did they mean、yeah. that he had? They had posters up. They studied、oh、him. They、oh、listened、dear. to everything he、oh、said. Yeah, yeah. And there was a way in which they said they were sort of modelling themselves on him. They had like a kit with his name on or something. And. <laughs> I thought that was quite insightful because、yeah. it's like saying、yeah. that's what it is. That a person would say, "Here's Jesus,、yeah. and here I am,、yeah. and I've understood that you know I'm helpless, and I, I'm, I'm, I've only got death, I've only got shame, I've only got sin. I keep messing up,、yeah. and I, even when I think I won't do that again, I just do it again, and、yeah. I know it's because of what I am deep、yeah. down. But look at him,、yeah. and I don't know how to live. And then he says. Look at my way, and、yeah. then he tells us his way and、yeah. shows us it, and then he says, "Now let's put that old way to death,、yes. and here's a new one."、Yeah. And I go, "I love that." And、yeah. then we sort of are so caught up with him. We want people to go, "He's just full of Jesus." He's full of Jesus. <laughs>、yeah. In、and、that same sort of way, where you've abandoned your own identity、yeah. and sort of trying to take on and、yeah. his identity. Yeah, and and there's a, there's an order to it as well.、Yes. In that, you know, Martin Luther sort of got the Reformation going in 1520. You know, wrote on on the freedom of a Christian, and and really his key kind of illustration of it was the marriage one. The and he said,、one. and he said, you know, imagine that a prince marries a prostitute. Okay, now the 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 day that they get married again. The minute they exchange vows, that prostitute is a princess. Instantly. Oh yeah. Instantly. Even though in her heart she's quite, you know, she may not have really quite, changed very much. She might not have changed very much. But over、she、the course of、princess. the marriage, she、yeah. is a princess. Instantly, instantly, she is in her groom, 
and united Brilliant. to him, right? But then over time, absolutely, she becomes to learn the ways of the court, Wonderful. and she learns, and she becomes, you know, more and more like her bridegroom. And I think that's that's the the order of things, isn't it? First, we're in Christ. Yes, straight away. Straight away in Christ. And then the more we understand his love, receive his love, then we become more and more. He is in us and fills yeah. us and we become like him. I found that so powerful as I've never been to church at all mm. and come with huge issues of shame and guilt and mess ups and things like that. And it's just so wonderful. That it's like, well, I, sometimes I was speaking to someone just this, just like yesterday, no, day before at church. And they said, oh, I couldn't come to church for the past few weeks because I was in such a mess. Oh, no. And it was great yeah. to be able to say, Hang on, <laughs> like you, you, if you know, that's when you do come yeah. because literally Jesus's whole thing is come to me if you're weary and you're yeah. worn out and yeah. you're a sinner and yeah. your life's the biggest mess up ever. Yeah. And that's why the very last thing he does on the cross, there's a guy who's a total mess up yeah. and he's being executed for it as a criminal. Yeah. And the guy cannot do anything to sort his life out. He can't do it. And he, all he just says is, Jesus, will you remember me? Yeah. And that's yeah. it. He's yeah. like, all he's really saying is, my humanity is this. Yeah. It's cursed yeah. and finished and I've got no hope in it. Yeah. When I look over at that guy, that's a different sort of humanity yeah. as he looks yeah. across to Jesus. Yeah. Will you take me? Yeah. And Jesus, I will. T I yeah. will. I do. Yeah. yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah. And therefore the churches that we have are ones that are full of broken people broken who understand people. shame. And, and, I, and I think that's, that's another thing that I've enjoyed about doing 321 is yes. that one is a truth that leads very naturally to church. Church. So of course, because, you know, it's the, it's the church that is one. Yes. With, her, with her bridegroom. Because of the marriage Christ. illustration. Because of the marriage illustration. All of a sudden, it's very a very organic way of saying, hey, if you want in on Jesus, and I hope you do, then you are in with me yes. and you and, and all these other sinners. Yeah. We're all broken people. But in, in that way, it's a very organic invite to church. It's yes. a very organic thing that, that, of course, you can't have Christ without having all the other people who are in him. Yeah, because he's the head, the body is the church. Yeah. So if a says, well, I'm united to Christ over, I'm united to Christ individually. Yeah, yeah. I don't really go to church. No, wow. dude, no, no, this is his body over here. Yeah, if yeah. you want to be united to the head, <laughs> yeah. get Here's yeah. his body coming to or, his body. Or, you know, I'm the vine, you're the branches, and yeah. I'm, I'm just this little thing. I'm a sitting over here in my own private plant pot. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 you can't be. How could that be? Yeah. And therefore, I, I've enjoyed that because sometimes in evangelism, it can be almost like the fine print. Yes. Someone becomes right. a Christian by themselves. They kneel beside their bed and, or they individually read a tract and something. Oh, now I'm a Christian. Well, what's the connection with church there? Yeah, there isn't one. There isn't one. And then all of a sudden you have to say, oh, by the way. I've got to introduce you to this thing called church. Yes. Oh, what you never told me anything about. What, what's the organic connection of you must go to church yes. with so many gospel presentations? Nothing. Yeah. Well, in so many cases, yeah. there's, there's not that much. So I've enjoyed the organic unity of saying being invited to Christ is being invited to church. Yes. I love that, that you want to mm. just say, how can I be united to Christ? He's the head of the church. Come to church. Yeah. Head yeah. and body, beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's so much more a theme all the yeah. way through the scriptures. Yeah. If you were, I don't know, if you lived in a thousand BC and you were like, yeah. how can I be saved? Well, let's come and join Go the church. Come and yeah. join yeah. Jerusalem. There's, yeah. there's rules for how you could join and become a member yeah. of the church then. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so helpful. Yeah. So 
it's been great talking about three to one. We've taught so much theology, so many big truths from the Bible. But if we were to go out now, could we really just start talking about Adam, Jesus, church, mm. shame, mm. all mm. these sorts of oh, Christ, mm. the cross, resurrection? I've been told, I hear it all the time. No, what we need to do is start with like um, common sense, reasonable things that any reasonable person would believe in. Start with those and then let's try and build up towards these kind of things. What's all that about, Glenn? What is all that about? I mean, that can't be the way of doing evangelism, especially because, you know, in the Bible, um, knowing God is very much twinned with the way that we're saved by God. So throughout the Bible, it's always saying that the only people who know God are those who are saved by God. And to not be saved by God is not to know God. And it's almost like the same thing. In fact, John 17, 3, Jesus says, salvation is knowing God through him. So if salvation and, and knowing God are kind of the same things, then surely, since we are saved entirely by grace, it's all God descending to us to offer us salvation. Are we really going to say that knowing God goes the other way? What are we ah, saying? You, yes. You know, if we don't earn our salvation, if, it, if it's not me sort of, I, you know, I'm, you know I, I give blood and I'm nice to my sister and I help old grannies across my road and I just need a little top up by Jesus yeah. and then I'll be saved... Well, that, that's kind of what people are saying when they're saying, well, we know this to be true and therefore there's that and therefore from this to that and there's a hop, skip and a jump to that yeah. and then I just need a little top up and yeah. then I'll know God. And it's, it's exactly the same kind of works righteousness that's applied in the area of knowing God. Right. It can't be that. So that's, that's kind of my... So is that with the Adam idea that when we were thinking about the problem that we're in Adam, that is in our minds yes. that there's a fundamental problem yeah. where people go, no, look, I'm a reasonable person. And the Bible, if the Bible's really going to say, whoa, 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 yeah. you're in Adam. Yeah. There's something that's yeah. fundamentally wrong with the yeah. way you know and think. Yeah. Is that so, right? yeah, 2 Corinthians 4 4, you know, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Yeah. Or, you know, 1 Corinthians, oh, sorry, uh, uh, Colossians 1 21, isn't it? Colossians yeah. 1 21, that enemies in our minds because of our evil behavior. Yeah. You know, Ephesians we, 4, the futility of the thinking of unbelievers. Thinking. Yeah. So, some, yeah. we can sometimes think that our minds are our least fallen faculty according to Paul it's probably the most fallen the most faculty. fallen so uh, so the Bible doesn't really go look you're a reasonable minded person <laughs> this is how it is yeah. the Bible is really saying you probably are going to deny everything that we're going to tell you but we're going to tell you anyway because yeah. it's true yeah. and we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit will yeah. open your eyes open your ears yeah. I suppose Jesus does say that doesn't he quite often when he starts preaching he'll say those who have ears to... What's that about? Why did, what does he say? He ears says, to those... hear, let him hear. And, and fulfillment of Isaiah 6, which is like, you know, to those on the outside, it's all a mystery. To those on the inside, the meaning is, is given. And, 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 and he even says you've got, got to become like a little child to be one of these insiders who receives that personal knowledge from him. If you try to remain outside of Christ and piece it together yourself, you'll never get it. Would it be fair to say that the, perhaps one of the reasons that in perhaps in modern age there's so much reliance then on evidence and human reason, these things, is this too much to say it's a lack of the doctrine of the Holy Spirit? Oh, interesting. In, in that, go on. Well, in that, because our, like when I think about, I always think about some of the, I read the early church guys a lot, and they went into in, incredible situations. Mm. Irenaeus or people would mm. say, okay, 
here's a whole country full of complete pagans who've never read the Bible at all. And you're like, dude, you can't do that. You need massive training and I'm going to teach you how to present evidence. I'm going to give you a a massive training in the culture of the the, the Gauls or the Celts or something. And he's like, no, no, don't worry about that. I know about Jesus. I'm just going to go and tell them about Jesus. And he does. And there are churches everywhere. Yeah, exactly. How is he able to do that? Well, it's that whole Spurgeon thing, isn't it? You know, know, defend a lion, says Spurgeon. You know, defend the gospel, he says. I would rather defend a lion. Let the lion out of its cage. The lion will defend itself. Yes. And really what I'm trying to do is kind of let the lion out of its cage, out of his cage, and let him do his work by the Spirit because we, we believe that the Spirit works through his Word. Yeah. As the gospel word is proclaimed, that is God's power for salvation. Mm. So, uh, I mean, the, the other the other reason where I, why I'm not so good at uh, or not so interested in the whole stepping stone approach yes. and building it up is because I'm not good at it, and I'm, yeah. I, I don't think I'm that clever. I can't. No, I'm not clever I, enough. I, yeah. I, I can't bridge from from you know they're talking about the European Union. I, I need to be able to bridge from that to a discussion of the atonement, or yeah. you know we're, we're discussing the offside rule in the pub, and I can turn that into a proclamation oh, of Jesus, yeah. your last defender. You know, and <laughs> I think you've you've got to be really cheesy yeah. <laughs> like that. and you've got to be a lot cleverer than I am to be, to be able to bridge in, in that sort of way. So evangelism for me is it's not so much build stepping stones from the Christian, you know, from the non-Christian world over to the Christian house. And it's not so much throwing stones yeah. at the non-Christian house. I'm not really interested in that. Really, it's hospitality. It's come yeah. on over to the Christian house. Come and see. Do you have five minutes? Yeah. Can I give you the grand tour of the house? Yeah. You might think this is nuts. From the outside, this looks like complete nuts. I understand yeah. that. I understand that. I used to think it was nuts too. But let me give you the grand tour. Yeah. And then afterwards, if you've still got some questions, we'll talk through those questions according to the grand tour, according to 321. But have you got five minutes? Yeah. Can, can I so, indulge you? Yeah. Like the woman of Samaria. She's just like, hey, I just met this guy, Jesus. He told me everything I, ever, I have ever done. Yeah. Can I just tell you about it? And then everyone's like, yeah. really? Yeah. And she doesn't, I don't know what her theology is like, but she's just really excited about Jesus and talks about him. Yeah, exactly. Or the guy in John 9. Yeah. I don't know. They don't ask know. him really complicated questions. He hasn't know. got a clue. He goes, I don't know. I don't this know. is what I can tell you. I don't know. It's just about Jesus. Isn't that great, isn't it? And that way in which, as you say, let me just tell you what I do know. Yeah. And I'm not that clever and I haven't got all yeah. the answers, but I do know this. Yeah. yeah. And it's incredible what an impact it has if we just do that. And do it in the context of the local church. Because yes. that's, that's really what it is to say, come on over come to on our in. house. Come on over to our house. Let me give you the grand tour. I know you think it's nuts right now. Of course you yeah. think it's nuts. You know, any, any, anyone out there would think it's nuts. Of course yeah. they would. But let me give you the grand tour. And then maybe you'll start to see things yeah. differently. Maybe the questions that you ask will start changing. Maybe you'll yeah. start changing. Yeah. And I like that, that because church is the place where people aren't judged. Mm. So, and it's a, the one place really where people won't be judged. And so we always say to people, oh, no, they'll say, I can't come to church because I'm an atheist or there's this thing I've done or, I, or I'm in this sort of relationship. Or the, I'm like, don't worry about that. Yeah. This is a place we literally, yeah. the, Jesus yeah. commanded us not to yeah. judge. But come along, yeah. you will be, obviously no one has to. And people come along and they might be initially, yeah, really strongly atheist. And usually they can be a bit defensive. They're like, well, you know, I, I don't believe in any of this. That's all right. Don't worry. Have a cup of tea, sit down, <laughs> see what it's like. Everyone yeah. loves you. Yeah. And then over the weeks, they do start to change yeah. without having a big, and without someone going, here, let me sort you out on that issue or this issue or yep. this issue. Yep. In a way, they're in, they come in and they're welcome. Yep. And then they yep. hear about Jesus yep. and things change. They ask different sorts of questions. And isn't that, 
exactly what 1 Peter means when he talks about I was going to ask you, apologetics Because the word apologetics, that's what loads of people say, oh, you can't go out on the streets talking people until you've had loads of training in cross-cultural yeah. this and bridge yeah. building that. Yeah. And I sort of think, I don't know whether any apostles had any of that, but Peter wrote about it. What's, yeah. a, what's a biblical understanding of apologetics? Apologetics. Well, the whole thing hangs on one word, apologia, which means giving an answer. And in 1 Peter 3 verse 15, it says, uh, uh, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Wow. That verse, I mean, it comes in a context. You know, the, the whole paragraph begins in verse 8. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. And do you see that yeah. that church context? Church. And then, you know, the reason for the hope that you have, what hope's he talking about? Well, he begins the letter yeah. by saying, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Yeah. So the hope that he's given is Jesus is alive and I've met him. And as people see how I'm bearing up under suffering, they see the quality of church relationships. They ask, what's it all about? Brilliant. You say, well, Jesus is alive. He Jesus is alive. Let me, let me proclaim that to you. Um, so I, I think that's kind of biblical apologetics, if yeah. you like. To literally be able to say, ah, you see, you know, I see what church, person comes to church. I see what it's about. Can you explain how it is that you live like this and think like this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can. Yeah. And then you don't have to go, let me come up with some philosophy or archaeology or this. Other. No, Just say, to no. be honest, this is what we believe about Jesus yeah. and lay it all out. Three, two, one. Three, two, one. <laughs> well, you yeah. could do three. I mean, and, and three, two, one is just designed to be that yes. kind of tool that at that point you can say that. And, and I think what, what I like about it is it's, it's not really about trying to crowbar a spiritual connection into a conversation. Yeah. But are you able with uh, a non-Christian work colleague or, or family member to say, hey, you know I'm a Christian. Can I take five minutes at some point? It doesn't have to be now, but can we get a coffee at some point? Can I take five minutes and explain that to you? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a cringy kind of a thing. Yeah. But it's, it's not really trying to crowbar Jesus in or build a, a stepping stones to it. But it's, it's just to say, will you take five minutes and yeah. can I just give you the story and yeah. see how you react to it? I think that's what evangelism is, telling the story. And so as we come to the end of this, I know quite a few of the people who will be watching this are people who are trying to learn a lot more theology and they may be yeah. just starting out and they're like, I want to learn a lot of theology. Is this, is, 321 really is, a, is helpful because instead of it being something over here, yeah. it's right at the center, isn't it, of learning theology and studying the Bible. So that in a way, the more theology you study, the more Bible you learn, yeah. you fill out your ability to, go on, I'm saying what you should yeah, say. Yeah, no, I, I, I hope it is that. And, and, you know, I think my evangelism was transformed about sort of 12 years ago when I met you, actually. <laughs> I, was, I was doing um, open air evangelism on a Thursday night. Yeah, I remember those times. And, uh, and looking back on it, I was very keen, I was full of beans, but what I was offering to people wasn't always the bread of life. I think it was, quite often it was kind of uh, sawdust seasoned with chilli sauce. <laughs> you know, not really, not really life-giving, but given a bit of pep, you know, sort of thing. And, and you got wind of this, and, and you, you suggested that there's this other thing on a Thursday night, you said that you were doing, and you were doing a theology course that talks about Trinity, and it talks about Adam and Christ, it talks about union with Christ, it talks about all these things. Will you, for a season, and yeah. lay off the evangelism and come, <laughs> and come and actually learn what the gospel is. <laughs> 
because we uh, we always multiply the faith that we have. Yeah. And if we don't have, you know, if we've got dodgy understanding of the gospel, we're only going to create dodgy Christians if they yeah. come to Christ. And so that was so helpful to me to see that actually going deep with Trinity, going deep with all these issues um, was not escaping from evangelism but it was aiding the evangelism that I had. Um, that, that's really been transforming the way I think, not only about the gospel and evangelism, but also about theology and growing yeah. in the Christian life. If you can't think about these things simply, then perhaps you don't really understand them. So that, yeah. the, the attempt of three, two, one is not really an attempt to have this gospel presentation over here and theologies over here, but it's just, it's just this Same attempt thing. to be as simple as I can about the, the theology that we ought to believe. And what I found so helpful with you, Glenn, is as well uh, on your blog and all the things and with the books, the King's English and things, it's where you can say the whole Bible, really, anything mm. you get in the Bible, you can sit down with your work colleague or family memory, really, and be able to go, can I, have we just got a minute? Because yeah. let me just show you this. Yeah. Yeah. And any part of the Bible, it's not as if, oh, the only bits you can show to the non-Christian are these <laughs> four bits. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, anything yeah. is full of Christ and yes. full of hope and yeah. Yeah. insight yeah. and truth. And yeah. if we understand it, we can share any of it with yeah. anybody and, yeah. they, and they will enjoy that. Yeah, completely. Because we're not sharing a system, is it? We're sharing Christ himself. Christ. And I, I perish the thought that 3 to one becomes a system that we yeah. share in, instead of Christ. Yeah. It's just an attempt to say, actually, Jesus shapes what we think about God. He's three. Yeah. Jesus shapes how the world goes. Yeah. It's two. Jesus shaped how I think about myself, union with him. It's just an attempt really to clear away systems and just focus us on Jesus. Do you know, Glenn, that's so helpful. Thanks so much for your mm. time. And I hope if you're watching, you'll be inspired to share that. Even right now, can I challenge you, if you're watching this and you're a Christian, you love Jesus, why not, before the day is finished, see if you can actually take five minutes with someone to explain three, two, one. Did you hear that, Glenn Scrivener? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody give that guy a podcast. <laughs> I quite like Paul Blackham, actually. <laughs> yeah, I prefer Paul Blackham. Totally. <laughs> totally. So, if you'd like to do as, uh, as Dr. Paul Blackham says and share it, we'll uh, put a link, the show notes, 2321. Why not? Um, Why not? It'd be a good thing just to go on and share it with maybe Yeah, put it on your Facebook, Facebook wall and, and see what happens. Just a, a couple of weeks ago, I met up in the pub with somebody who, because somebody had put 321 on their Facebook mm. wall, got into a conversation, I joined the conversation, said, hey, do you want to meet up for a drink? And yeah. and, um, and it went somewhere really cool. So, you know, that could happen with you. Why yeah. don't you give it a go? Just uh, put it on and say, what do you think of this? Or yeah. a new way of looking at life jesus or yeah yeah okay well thanks very much for listening uh if you'd like to go to this episode's web address you can go to revivalmedia.org slash tep66 you'll find all the links to do that also uh the one to give us a rating and review pretty please <laughs> okay thanks very much and see you next time see ya